This weekly travel program, Jet Sitting with Janet, is proudly sponsored by MLT Car Hire and Tours. Are you looking for a highly professional, established vehicle rental service? Look no further. MLT Car Hire and Tours delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to mltcarhireandtours.co.za for their full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook. Are you looking for a highly professional established vehicle rental service and a shuttle service where client satisfaction is a priority? Look no further. MLT Car Hire is committed to delivering quality low mileage vehicles to suit your budget. MLT Car Hire also specializes in mini and long leases for individuals and corporates as well as staff transport and airport transfers with offices at the airport and in the Helderberg area. We are proud members of Satsa, Fedhasa and Cape Town Tourism. MLT Car Hire delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to MLT Car Hire and Tours for our full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook. We're chatting this afternoon with Marissa Bayers. She is the media manager at Babylon Sturin Wine Estate. We all have that one wonderful memory of Babylon Sturin, whether it is walking in the garden or that fantastic cheese platter or that shop that we all buy things that we absolutely don't need from. But I'm particularly drawn to those blue and white serviettes and tablecloths and everything in between, Marissa. You're a terrible person. You create packaging and product that really entices us to shop. Thanks so much for your kind words, Janet. It's much appreciated. It's um, a pleasure, Marissa. And it's, um, yes, it is. It's even myself, I, I, I get myself in the shops often. The scented shop is the one that always catches my attention. Um, it's uh, uh, the shop that's inspired with all the scents from the garden and it's it's just wonderful smells that you get in, in the shop. So that's my favorite, but you are completely right. There's so much to do and to explore on the farm. Well, now that you've mentioned it, I remember making a lot of different blends because I'm a smelly, uh, a smelly fanatic, you know. Yeah. Anything that smells great, I'm drawn to. And then I went on this little trip um, blending things and selecting things. I felt like a like a master Chanel or Estee Lauder uh, product developer there. It was wonderful. Fantastic. It's, um, yes, it offers, uh, I guess, that unique variety of all sorts of scents. There's a Waterblumicky scent and you get the rose scent. Um, so there's so much to enjoy and it's all inspired by scents in the garden. And it, uh, we capture it in the form of soaps, oils, creams, room space, etc. So it's absolutely wonderful. So we see the front end, Marissa, <coughs> of what is Babylon Sturin, and I must thank you for a great experience for all of us who continue to visit you. But in essence, Babylon Sturin is a working farm in the heart of the Cape Winelands, very close to Franchhoek, and it has much more than just the things that we've just spoken about, but because it boasts a luxury hotel, a spa, a winery, and a farm-to-fork restaurant. Uh, and then, of course, the garden. I mean, the garden is a thing of beauty and great diversity. And uh, I think we continue to come because as the che seasons change 
and as new um, new vegetation pops up, we continue to visit because each time it's a different experience. Exactly. The garden is absolutely the heart of the farm. You're completely right. Um, everything is led by the ever-changing um, garden and the seasons that changes. So everything starts from the garden. We see it as the heart of the farm. Um, and this, um, the, vo- the garden um, divides into 15 sections um, and includes the seasonal vegetables, edible flowers, fruit trees, berries, beehives, fragrant laws, the prickly pear maze, and the list just goes on. There's, there's a succulent house that you can visit. Um, the clivias, clivias are currently blooming. That's always a firm favorite this time of year. Um, there's the whole walkway next to the river is full of clivias just blooming. Um, and yeah, so it's, there's so much to explore and to enjoy. And we always see the garden in the seasons. It lets everything else, like the restaurant, you get the farm to fork, seasonal produce, produce that we use in the restaurants. It also comes from the garden and the greater farm. And what we don't find on the farm, we supplement with producers, local producers and artisans. So the garden is absolutely the heart of the farm and always worth visiting. And we always see what we can add. And and, and a garden is just a place of rest. even more um, in this day and age, you just if you just need to take a little bit of breath, breath, it just offers you that opportunity to just ground yourself again and breathe. So it is absolutely the heart of the farm, um, and we always um, and the, the main attraction for visitors. So everything else flows from the garden at Babylon Sturen. That sounds wonderful, Marissa. But I, I'm I'm told that there are over 300 plus plant varieties in the garden. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's even true. Even a spice house and a, a healing garden. That's exotic cycad collection. Is that all still happening? All is going on. So there's a there's a spice house, and um, that's all inspired by spices from the east. The succulent house is full of spi- of succulents from from all around them, from all around the, around the country, um, and a great collection. More than seven thousand um, succulent plants in the succulent house, and then we also have a house of shadows where we house our clivias. More than three thousand clivias. Um, you'll find more than three thousand clivias in the in the garden, um, and then 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 this this the, the edible garden as I mentioned. The um, the rose towers that's blooming from November. So every season it offers something different. And in December the lavender starts blooming. So that's what's so beautiful that that this there's always a time of year to come and visit. There's not not a bad time because every season delivers up something dif- different. And there's um, there's also the saying that there's not not a thing like bad weather. Um, it's you must just dress yourself in the right clothing. So remember those sun hats and on rainy days, remember the rain, the rain boots um, and the umbrellas. So there's always something to explore in a garden um, and never a bad day to visit. Totally, totally agree, Marissa. I, uh, I grew up thinking that we were incredibly wealthy people, which uh, in retrospect we weren't because I then had to go and archive my dad's papers and salary slips and realized that, you know, he didn't earn much. But we grew up in on a massive property with lots of lots of vegetables and fruit, and we literally cooked from the garden. And uh, our house was always full of people, family who were maybe having a problem or destitute, but there were always, always big pots of food on the table and uh you know lots of people in and out so i thought we were fabulously wealthy 
um, because of the garden that we were surrounded by. We were never short of food. So I think that if you have a garden, you have an absolute fount of abundance. Absolutely. Uh, one needs to just know how to harvest and, and harness that wonderful energy that comes from the garden. Absolutely. It's absolutely just a treasure. And um, I always say for children, like you mentioned now, when you, when you were younger, the garden was a, a place of, 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 for, of play for you. So you don't need much in a garden. There's, there's always for a child, there's always to something to enjoy and to explore. We, we often also in the garden, we do workshops uh, for, 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 for all ages. And um, you can see the young ones. Uh, it's it's there's so much for them to enjoy and to explore when they do a workshop with with our gardeners from from the insect workshops that we do to just how to put your own veggies and fruits. So a garden is it's a magical space, and like you say, you don't need a lot of money or anything. It's it's just it's a wonder. It's a place of wonder. Absolutely. Now, Marissa. Babylon's Turin has caught the attention of the great wine capitals of the world. You were part of the, um, um, you entered the competition and you actually ended up winning. Will you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, it's, it's an absolute honor um, to, um, to be recognized by the um, Best Wine Tourism Awards. So we were, um, we won the category and accommodation and um, it's, it's, um, the recognition it, it means a lot, especially for our our staff and for their dedication and their passion and um, just to be recognised. So we really appreciate the award and um, it's it's also for, for me it's also wonderful to see what it does for tourism as a whole in the Greater Cape Wine District. So it means a lot for the whole district. Um, so um, it certainly places you head and shoulders above and the great wine capitals competition is a global competition so you competing with the Napa Valley with Naples with Spain with many other big players around the world so it certainly will position you very well exactly so that's it makes that's that's again it's what makes it so wonderful for the whole district because if you come to Babylon's tour and there's also another farm that you'd like to visit or you go to Stellenbosch or Paul or French Hook so it's 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 such a privilege to be able to represent the whole region um with this award and um yes so it's accommodation award that we won and as you mentioned mentioned Babylon's tour and is it's about a 45 minute drive outside of Cape Town we based between Cape, uh, between Paul and Franchot, just in the middle. And it's the, the accommodation award. It, it, you mentioned this um, in the beginning of the school that there's so much to enjoy and to explore at Babylon Stewart. And that's true. That's what makes it such a wonderful place for our guests to visit from the immersive spa, the, um, the farm shops, that's on, yeah, the magnificent garden, the the fine food that you can get in the farm to fork restaurants and the renowned wines, obviously. Absolutely. So, and, and so Marissa, in, in, in the, terms of this particular award, what does it mean for you as an establishment? For the establishment, especially because our, our staff is so passionate and, and it's just for them, it, 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 it means so much for them. And it's just to be re recognized for the hard work that they deliver through every year, um, every single day of the year. We open every single day of the year. So we only closed on Christmas Day. And um, it's just wonderful for them, for the passion and the hard work that they have to, to be recognized. So as an establishment, that's really what for, for, for our team and our employees, it's wonderful. 
Well, congratulations, Marissa, to you and the team, and uh, certainly has piqued my curiosity because I think it would be a great experience to head out to Babylon Sturin. We've been there as a day visitor, but I'm sure our listeners who are local and international will certainly want to come and check out Babylon Sturin's accommodation now that it is on the list of an award-winning accommodation establishment. Thanks so much, Janet. It's, uh, yes, and we, we're a family-friendly family destination. So for our hotel guests, there's, there's a few other things they can um, explore apart from day visitors. So they can go rowing on the dam. You get a, a, a bike with your accommodation so you can cycle through the vineyards. You can, like day visitors, pick your fresh fruit, seasonal fruit from, from the orchards as you walk past past the beautiful floral. Um, so there's really so much to enjoy and um, our visitors especially like that feeling and freedom of farm life that you do get when you come to Babylon Stur and, um, and, and it's, it's really wonderful to see our visitors here and it's, uh, it's, they call it the silly season and you can see it and um, spring is really a beautiful time of year to, to visit the farm. So it's wonderful. It's been a delight chatting to you, Marissa. And as a local, I'm now re-excited and reignited and will certainly be seeking out Babylon Sturin very, very soon. But this time I'll let you know I'm coming so you can show me all these secret places and, uh, you know, all your favorites as we navigate through the vineyard. Thanks, um, Janet. There's always a secret here, so absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Okay, Marissa, thank you for joining us so much on this Great Wine Capitals um, package program, and it's been great chatting to you on Jet Setting with Janet. Fantastic. Same, same year, Janet. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. So we're chatting this afternoon with Monica Yule. She is the Chief Destination Marketing Officer for Westgrow. And, you know, Monica is not a, a new kid on the block. She has had quite an illustrious career in the travel and tourism space. And uh, after spending 13 years at uh, Tourvest, she then took up the position as Chief Destination Marketing Officer at Westgrow, which is the official trade, tourism and investment and film agency for Cape Town and the Western Cape. And one of her lead projects is the Great Wine Capitals Awards. Monica, welcome. And it's great to be able to chat to you post-awards. Hi, Janet. Thanks for having me back. It's a big pleasure. So all, that, all of that excitement, the entrance, the long list of uh, nominations, et cetera, and wading through all of that with the team, and then, of course, the judges' presentation, and then finally the award ceremony, which looked absolutely amazing. And now that that whole process is complete, we're chatting to you, we're chatting to some of the awardees, and we'd just love to hear from you, Monica, what the experience was like. Well, I mean, I think for starters, and I think I mentioned it when we first had our first chat, Janet, um, it's a really fantastic um, season for us because we had a record number of um, applications for the awards, um, over 110 applications this year, which is, you know, more than the 80 plus that we had last year. So a real sign, I think, that the awards are starting to gain traction in the wine tourism mm -hmm. industry um, and also means that there was really stiff competition. You know, I think that and you want that if you are going to be the winner, you want to be the winner of a big sort of crowd of uh, entrants rather than, you know, a small group of entrants. So I think the winners this year can be really proud of having achieved that because, as I said, the competition was really stiff. 
Um, and it also meant that the judges um, had a lot more to do this year than last year. So we're also very grateful that all of the judges sacrificed so much of their time to go through all of the applications, to select their shortlist, to then go and do the ghost visits at their shortlist and compile their winner and then sort of pitch that winner to the collective that then decides on the overall um, category winners. So it's been a really mammoth task this year, um, but a really proud result, I think. And we've had some really new wine tourism experiences also make the cut this year, which I think was really exciting for us. I definitely picked up some new kids on the block. And uh, I was quite heartened to see names that we hadn't seen before. So there definitely is uptake and traction for the awards. And my goodness, that's a lot of entrance. Yes. No, it's very good. And we hope that we're going to beat that record again next year. You know, I think the work that we do at West Grove's Destination Marketing Organization also now only begins with the winners. So we now make sure that we profile these winners, not only on our own social media channels, but of course, we feed all of those into the Great Wine Global Network, um, where they also then get um, showcased to the world in terms of their ability to really deliver world-class tourism experiences in the wine industry. That's just phenomenal. Now remind me, Monica, what are some of the other countries that are part of this network? Well, it's a very prestigious list, I have to say. So Napa Valley in California is on the list. Adelaide, Australia is on the list. Mendoza in uh, Argentina is on the list. Bordeaux, mm -hmm. of course, very famously in France and Porto, as well as many others. So it's a really um, prestigious list of other wine tourism destinations around the world that Cape Town and the Cape Winelands joins. And so we are sure that just by association, the world will take notice of the wine tourism experiences in our country. So fantastic to be able to stand head and shoulders with all of those long-standing prestigious countries that are competing. Absolutely. And if I may say, having experienced some wine tourism product in some of those places myself, I have to say that South Africa can really hold its head high. I do think that we have some of the most innovative and most authentic wine tourism experiences on offer. Well, I'm seeing some very um, established heavyweights like Farhalechen and Creation on the list, and we're looking forward to chatting to each of those. Mm. What do you think, Monica, is the thing <clears throat> that is most precious besides the international recognition? What does it mean, say for an up-and-coming wine estate or wine experience, to receive this award? How does it pivot their business to the next level? For starters, I think it's a real sort of recognition of the effort that they make. So Walter Frieder, who won um, the Architecture and Landscape Award, as well as the Innovative Wine Tourism, really have taken such an effort to tell a story around their estate and also the varietals that they produce. And it's it was really um, a recognition of this effort that they have gone into that I think makes them proud and makes them realize that they're onto something. Um, in particular, I mean, Walter Fred is in, in almost in Bonnyvale, so it's quite far mm -hmm. to go. And um, we, we, we really want to profile those wine estates that are, you know, worth the journey, but perhaps off the beaten track, exactly. Mm -hmm. so, so I think that's really important is to kind of recognize that so much effort has gone into, into um, not only crafting beautiful wine, but making sure that your estate is worth a visit and that also the estate tells the story of the people there as well as the story of the place. 
So, well, you know, Klein Hooderus is another yeah. example. So Klein Hooderus is another example, right? So they did mm-hmm. the Authentic South African Experience Award. They got, they received that this year. And it was, it's such an incredibly unique experience where the owners bring themselves and their history as well as the people that work on the farm into what the visitor experiences when they come. And I think that is just, that's, that's what sets the Cape Town and Cape Winelands experiences apart, but it also is what sets South Africa apart, is really that sort of warm, authentic, welcoming, uh, you know, personality that we have. Yeah, when I look at Valtafreda, for instance, there's a hundred-year legacy, Mm. and it's family-owned and operated for the last hundred years. I mean, how phenomenal is that? And then Klein Kuderist, that delightful story about the... um, the one wine that is named after the owner's mom who worked um, in the wine industry, but Mm. at a very, very, almost a functional level. Mm. And here she has her legacy on a bottle, Mm. which is just for me, the sign of such a powerful transformation in the wine sector that uh, we really are writing narratives. And this is the beauty of living in South Africa. We Mm. write a narrative that is so unique and, and seems to navigate in huge bursts all over mm. because there's so much, we're such a dynamic society, we're constantly changing. Mm. And then what I think about what we must also recognise, so for example, Bosman Hermanus, that, that wine estate has been in the Bosman family's hands for even longer, I think, than, than the Valtafreda estate has been in the Juncker family. And for an estate to have such a long history, and yet still now find new ways to reinvent themselves to such a degree that they win the Sustainable Wine Tourism Practices Award this year. I just really think that that's also worth a mention, you know, because you could also just kind of stay within your comfort zone and do the things that you've always done and always been known for. But to really take things into the next century in terms of your wine tourism practices, I just think that that's really commendable. Absolutely. So lots of exciting estates on our lineup, lots of new things to see, things that we hadn't heard of before, established ones that are now worth a revisit. Definitely an exciting awards and great wine capitals standing really, you know, head and shoulders with the internationals. I think that this must have been quite a special project for the people working on it in your team, Monica. Very much so. There's new entrants, there's established ones, but then even the established ones are innovating within that space. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, we must also not forget that the end of the COVID protocols is not that far in the past. So this has been the first real sort of wine tourism awards celebration that we could have without any protocols and, you know, really looking forward to a bumper tourism season coming up in our summer and a real sort of celebration of everything coming back to life, including the wine tourism industry. Well, talking about born freeze, we are what I would call the run freeze because when we're <laughs> out there and we're able to just breathe and enjoy and see each other at functions, it's like a great celebration. We're like children again, yes. just really appreciating and enjoying the interaction with everybody. Exactly. I mean, and also our Best of Wine Tourism Awards happened in the same sort of 10 days as Cape Wine, that mm-hmm. beautiful exhibition at the CTICC. And um, we, we, it was a really nice sort of timing-wise, it was really nice to sort of close off Cape Wine with 
um, with these awards. So it was a really great celebration of wine tourism and the restart of tourism. Absolutely. Well, we're certainly feeling the energy, Monica, and we thank you for sharing your energy and your insight on the awards with us this afternoon. We, we wish you and the team the, the very best as you gear up for 2023. Thank you, Janet, and all the best to you. And thank you for your partnership in this project. It's been really fantastic to have you by us. It's a big pleasure, Monica. All the best. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hi there, Wayne. How's it, Janet? How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Wayne? Very well, thank you. Just enjoying this early summer weather. I know. It's quite tremendous, eh? Lovely. Reminds me of Natal. I know us ex-Durbanites are just soaking it up and enjoying, enjoying it tremendously. I must say I was um, at your pop-up restaurant, um, Cafe Fleur, and met the delightful Michelle Barry, who just wowed us, wowed us with that menu. So I've uh, encouraged a lot of people to come and experience the gardens and we sent a Swiss group recently looking for an experience and we said, you know, 322-year-old wine estate in Somerset West, it's just part of the way of the wine heritage in the country. You simply have to go. No, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate all you do for us. You're most welcome, Wayne. So we're chatting to you on the back of a lot of excitement. This is not the first time, but... um, Fahrgelegen has just won the Wine Tourism Services Award in the Great Wine Capitals um, competition. And you must be pretty pleased as Punch to be able to say there's another award in the cachet for Fahrgelegen. Look, it's really fantastic. And it, um, the team has come such a long way. If you think of what we've all been through in the wine industry. Absolutely. And, uh, in terms of this terrible last two years with COVID and everything else, and um, I think, yeah, as um, everyone has been mentioning, I think that the Cape Wine Show, which allowed us all to be amongst each other and speaking wine again and, you know, um, in person with people. And then, of course, the awards. It was just a wonderful start to sort of the new beginning for wine, I hope. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And what a great celebration it was. I think that everybody was excited. I was just chatting with Monica Yule before you. Everyone was pretty excited to be able to be out and about, engage with industry partners, see you know, see old friends, make new friends, and just recognize that there's this energy, this momentum that we've picked up uh, with all things tourism and wine. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. There's definitely a new energy and a new wine revival and um at the show for example it was wonderful seeing everyone launching their new products and their new skus and it's just just fantastic so there's definitely um there's definitely a feeling of a positive feeling out there which is which is fantastic that's just phenomenal now when for fachelierchen as an establishment you've won an award last year what was that award for with Great Wine Capitals. Yes, now I can't remember the <laughs> I think it was <laughs> I think it was the architecture. What was it? Last year's one, Nikki's mm. standing up. Gosh, I can't I, I recall us going and winning it. Whatever it was, you're now a second year winner. What impact did that previous award have on your establishment and how will you leverage this particular award? 
Well, these awards are absolutely great because um, it suddenly endorses the product and puts us on a, a sort of a world platform, if you like. And um, it's just fantastic. More than anything, it's fantastic for the staff, especially the one tourism services award because for me um the word service is used so much but hospitality at Vergelechen is what I've been trying to get the staff to understand and there's such a big difference between service and hospitality absolutely and, uh, you know service is a practical application how you do things but hospitality is how you make people feel when they come to a place and how a place makes people feel so we've been working on all those intrinsic sort of touch points that make people fantastic when they come here by offering uh, special things like tours up to the eland and to be able to interact with the eland, to see the bonpok, to walk through the vines um, with, the, with the viticulturist and understand the vines. So we've really opened up the estates a little bit more so that people can experience it because unlike many wine estates, our wine is quite separated from the um, guest experience. You know, you've got to get in a vehicle and go up to the vineyards. Mm -hmm. So we've, we've, we've tried to make that closer and narrow the gap so that guests can really enjoy that. And also, there's much more to wine, um, making wine special and enjoy than just the wine part. So by having the gardens and replanting them and ensuring they're fantastic and by planting acres and acres of sunflowers that people can walk amongst them, these are the things that make that wine special. That was staggering, that view, Wayne. That was so special. I think it was just the feel-good we all needed. That wonderful, wonderful yellow sunflower. One just yeah. felt happy being there. Well, we've just, we've just done our plantings again now. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just for people to come and walk and hear the bees buzzing and just, just enjoy nature and um, just enjoy this spectacular state, which which is for South Africans to enjoy. That's what we want. That's just fabulous. Now, Wayne, there was quite a long-term alien vegetation clearing project, uh, which is considered the largest privately done one in South Africa. Yes. Uh, around the end of 2018, early 2019, if I'm correct. Correct. Um, tell me what that resulted in. Well, well, number one, first of all, for risk for fires, of course, to get rid of all the alien vegetation, the pines and the um, gum tree and um, all the other wattle, etc. Um, it obviously re reduces your risk tremendously on fires going through the estate. Um, but the water table as well, the, the water off flowing off the mountains now into the dams and the streams has increased um, hugely um, because these trees obviously uh, drink a lot of water. And... Um, Secondly, um, it's just the right thing to do. We've all the fame bosses coming back, the birds have come back, and 1,900 hectares has been declared a, a, a game reserve because of this. So that's phenomenal. It's, yeah, it is phenomenal. And now we're introducing the game. And the, the amazing thing about it is that um, if you take a drive up there, and I'd love to show you the number of protea um, that are just flowering at the moment, it's absolutely breathtaking. Wonderful. Uh, and, so and, and what is some of the game that you have there now, Wayne? You've got Bontebok, Ilan, Quaha. Yeah, so we've got Bontebok, Ilan, Quaha, and we're looking at introducing other species that would have naturally occurred here. Mm -hmm. um, and um, we've got some plans to to introduce some um, uh, wildebeest and um, some other small antelope species. We don't want to make it uh, too much of a, 
a game reserve in terms of having the big five or anything like that, but we'll only have species that occurred here. And um, so it's exciting. And, you know, the, 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 um, the nature reserve now is accessible because we've bought a game vehicle, so you can actually book a, a drive up into the nature reserve and enjoy a glass of wine overlooking False Bay and the Sauvignon Blanc uh, vineyards and then head into the, the nature reserve, and it's, it's really spectacular. There's such a lot to experience at Fahrgelegen and it's really, it's, and you're constantly innovating. And I think that has been the success is that the team comes together and looks for new and exciting. And, you know, there's a, there's a revival uh, of energy that happens between the sunflowers and the pop-up restaurant. And people come not just for the wine, which is a great success. Well, we try to innovate all the time to, to keep our locals um, interested and excited, and we've got some nice things up our sleeves, which we'll let you know. Um, but we, we've got a lovely garden weekend coming up um, on the 29th and 30th for the first time, and it's just going to be an incredible um, weekend of, to see the octagonal garden as it is now. We planted thousands of delphiniums and foxgloves, and they're all in bloom. Um, so that garden will be looking like it looked in the 1920s, and um, I was there yesterday. It's just really, really magical. So Garden Weekend is something um, people should attend. It includes lovely lunches and hot teas and bubbles and, on, in certain sections of the garden. So just a lovely day to be had. Wonderful. And I see that you've been kind enough to sponsor two tickets to the Garden Weekend for yes. our listeners. And that's a great motivator because um, people can head out there and, you know, just experience the gardens and spend the day. I, I don't know if you remember the Botanical Gardens, Wayne, in KZN and Mitchell, Mitchell Park. I mean, that was like the place of our childhood. Yeah. We and love we the car and head out. Yeah. Um, we packed the car and head out. And, you know, it was just uh, so phenomenal to be able to do that and such wonderful childhood memories. And I'm sure that you are definitely contributing to the memory bank of a lot of people in the Western Cape with these great uh, creations. I had a, um, a milestone birthday amongst the camphor trees and I lay on those massive round um, cushions. Yeah. <laughs> and it reminded me, you know, um, of many, many moons ago, we were surrounded by, by those camphor trees mm. before Chatsworth was established. Oh, we wow. uh, moved into a property that had no address. We used our neighbor's address and we direct people and say, come along the Higginson Highway. And when you say, see this massive gum tree, follow it. And as it gets closer, then look behind that and you'll see that's where our home is. Amazing, huh? <laughs> <Just> amazing. <laughs> I love it. On my birthday, I lay back. The sun was just streaming through, through those leaves and that's exactly what it reminded me of, childhood and playing, just being able to play. And that's the sense that I get whenever I'm at Farfalierthen, is well, that this is just an extension of my home garden and I'm at home and I'm playing. Well, that's what we love. That's what we, we want. We want everyone in the Cape and the locals particularly to come and use us. As a, you know, it costs 10 rand to get in here. Yeah? And you can spend the entire day walking around, looking at the Nguni, walking in the forest, walking along the river, We've got the Arboretum with 10,000 trees that we're planting. Um, so there's just so much to see and, and do. And it's, it's really the nostalgic 
old-fashioned entertainment, which is what we're trying to introduce back into people's lives. Well, congratulations again, Wayne. This award is very well deserved. Great as always, always to chat to you. And, um, you know, I wish you all the best with Garden Week. And I I owe Fafalia so another visit. And I'll certainly head out pretty soon. Thank you for joining us, Wayne. All the best for the weekend ahead. Thank you. And thanks for the support from yourself and from the community. Thank you. It's a big pleasure, Wayne. All the best. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Another esteemed prize winner that is joining us from the Bosman Hermanus Wine Estate is the brand manager, Carol Bosman, of this very beautiful, true family farm in the true sense of the word. Welcome, Carla. Hi, Janet. Thank you for having me. It's a big pleasure. So sustainable wine tourism practice, we were chatting about you just a few minutes before you joined us with Monica saying, my goodness, an eight generation working farm. That is quite a legacy, Carla. <laughs> yes, and it's, uh, uh, we feel honored to be so long in the, in the wine industry and to survive in it as well. <laughs> That is just amazing. So what I want to hear from you, Carol, is um, what is the benefit of having won this award? What do you believe is the benefit of having won this award? My goodness, I think it's it's just opening up our eyes to what is going on in the world at the moment um, and, and actively making a plan to make a change for the environment and also not only for the environment but uh for the people aspect as well um the world is is changing and we can never assume that the things we have done in the past is adequate for the future so um for us if there's one thing all... that we have learned carla it's that the world is changing at such a rapid rate and we need to future proof ourselves because if we don't then we don't survive absolutely so sustainability is a is a is a big word um there's so many aspects to it what in your understanding is the thing that actually puts you above the other entrance in order to add value to this term sustainability, sustainable tourism services? Well, we first of all uh, have been uh, farming quite a, a while uh, sustainable in, in those terms. Uh, we, we not only have a, a farm in Hermanus, we also have one which is our home of Bosman Wines, it's in Wellington. Mm -hmm. And uh, many years ago, uh, the family recognized, you know, water is our, uh, our main source, uh, any source uh, of farming in South Africa. And uh, we have to make certain changes and we have to do it drastically. So um, in order for us to survive another eight generations and also to create work and make a living and a home for all the people that we employ, so that means looking after both uh, the environment and the human aspect uh, and, and making sure that not only the environment is, is uh, uh, prospering, but also our people. Um, and there's a lot of things that we do, but, uh, but um, I don't want to go into detail with, uh, with that, but uh, we, um, we have to make sure that it's 
for for this for the future and that our children the ninth generation is also living up to those uh, standard and promises because we love what we do um a whole family is here on the farm we have um 520 families permanently working uh here in in, in wellington and also uh, in Armanas. And we have to make sure that they have a job in many generations to come. So you have to make these changes. Now, Carla, I see that your motto, your mission is, we invest in progress for a better future for all. And I think that is that is so profound. And when I look at the work that is being done, the commitment to sustainability, it certainly does resonate with what you what you, what your mission statement is. What for you would you say is the thing that stands out when it comes to sustainability? Well, um, I, I think that um, yeah, it's it's we have lived together and worked together and cared for each other on this farm for centuries, uh, passing on values and skills from one generation to the other, over and over again. And uh, for us, creating opportunities for advancement within our community is not simply a good idea. It's a way of life. Uh, we have also our, our mission of uh, the motto of the Bosman family is Fides Spes et Amor. And that uh, translates into faith, hope and love. Uh, faith in the terms of we honor our heritage by creating a sustainable legacy for the generations to come, of course. And then hope we invest in our progress for better future for all. And love, uh, we follow our passion with care by doing what we love on the land that we love with the people we love. Well, Carla, just chatting to you, I can sense a great sense of calm and a great sense of doing incredible things whilst being quite humble about it. And that's a unique quality. Uh, you just, you just, you know, you just resonate that. And uh, when I think of the kind of legacy, a 270 year legacy uh, of the Bosman family, to be able to carry that with so much grace uh, is a kind of is a kind of royal function, Carla. Do you ever realise that? I, I don't think we. <laughs> I think we do. We just. <laughs> my um, the great grandfather used to say uh, he was also Petrus Bosman, and he said that um, I'm going to say it in Afrikaans: "As ons net beter kan wees as gister, dan maak ons vordering." So that's that's basically it's, it's, what the family I mean, is. That simplicity, which is passed down through the generations, because you say it so simply and you embrace it so simply, but it's really quite profound. <laughs> no, it's, we're a, a, a lovely team, and uh, we have fantastic people working uh, for us, and everyone is committed and is buying into the future. Um, so yeah. Fantastic. Carla, it's it's just been so delightful to chat to you. Congratulations again on your phenomenal award. I think it's quite a worthy award. You know, you didn't just win it because of one aspect, but it's quite multifaceted being a sustainable operation. And uh, it's great. I mean, we know the Hermanus uh, area very well, and uh, it's certainly a jewel in the crown for, the, for that region. 
Um, I think that a lot of people are going to want to come and check out the wine estate because it's it's not a new name to remember that you have new audiences. So me, for example, would I be a new audience for you because I've never been there before. And then with me comes my network of people. So I think that this award is really quite powerful in the sense that new people get to hear about you. And then, of course, the fact that you are standing alongside Napa Valley and Mendoza and, you know, the wine estates that have Bordeaux that have such established legacies. It's just wonderful to be able to fit you into that legacy and say, here we are in Hermanus, beautifully ensconced 270 years later, and we've just won the this prestigious award. And it's certainly going to bring new people to your space. <laughs> Thank you, Janet. I think it's uh, um, the tasting room, Specifically in Hermanus, uh, as I mentioned, we have two. So we have the one in uh, Wellington, which is the home mm-hmm. of Bosman Wines. It's also where we live and where the brand was born. Um, and it's a unique wine farm where vines are cultivated in the nursery. We also own a, um, a vine nursery um, and it's planted out and it's finely vinified in our ancient cellar by the community where mutual trust and goodwill are paramount and care is tangible. I think visitors are invited to taste the excellent quality of the wide range of wines that we do here. Um, and then, of course, uh, Harman is was a more of a newly uh, pur- purchased farm and it was uh, acquired in 2000. Um, as a specialist vine growers, the family acquired this farm because, because of its cool climate terroir. Uh, which enables us to grow varietals such as Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc and Pinot Noir. And uh, it was always a a little dream of me and Petrus because we we love Hermanus, is to open up a a tasting room uh, uh, on on that farm just to showcase the the beautiful uh, vineyards and the Feinbos and the views. And it's it's called the Frame House and it's a light wood and iron structure uh, designed to make a minimal impact on the environment. And this is where you also can sample all our Bosman wines and enjoy like a light tapas-style food among the fanbos. You can soak up the views from the frame house or for the more adventurous, walk up the mountain path uh, to absorb the stillness. I think Bosman and Manus is really a, a unique place uh, in, in the valley in terms of its... Uh, we, we strive to to encapsulate the beautiful environment uh, that the valley has. And uh, um, and then for obviously for the most adventurous, they can, we have two hiking trails where they can be active, uh, walk a little bit before they do settle down for a, for a wine tasting. Um, yeah. It sounds just idyllic, Carla. And I hope that in that long legacy of Bosman's, that there is somebody who's a script writer who's going to create the most amazing television series that we've we hooked on for years about the life and the working farm. That is Bosman Vineyards. Sure. <laughs> you must just tell me who, who you think should play you. Oh, uh, well, definitely not me. <laughs> I'll put someone else forward. There's a lot of them. <laughs> No, I'm saying oh, which but... famous actress should play you in, in this mini-series that we are now writing. Oh, my goodness. 
thing. <laughs> Let's cancel that idea, please. <laughs> Let's just put it on the back burner. And then when we see each other, we can talk about it some more and we can discuss who's going to play you in the movie series. It's <laughs> <laughs> an absolute delight chatting to you. Congratulations again to you and this long legacy of a family on this great achievement. I know that being part of the Great Wine Capitals Collective is definitely going to bring new audiences and um, get existing audiences to come and reimagine and re-experience Bosman Wines. Lovely. We would love that. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon and I wish you a great weekend ahead. Thank you, Janet. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello again, Stain. I'm very happy to have you with us and how wonderful to speak to somebody who is the marketing manager at Valtefrieda because that's where the um, award ceremony happened. And uh, from the pictures, it looks just amazing. So this award, which is the Innovative Wine Tourism Experience Award, Stain, is quite a feather in the cap for Valtefrieda. How do you, as a marketing person, feel about that? Yes, Janet, absolutely. It's, um, it has been a vision for so long to create a different kind of experience when people come and taste wine at Valtofreda. And uh took quite a, quite a while to establish. But now it is the, the easiest thing in the world to market this experience because it is really world-class. And it's, um, yeah, it's interesting and different and it's, a combination of inspiration and history and a sense of adventure and excitement um, if people come for the underground tours. So, no, we are very happy and excited to, to share this with the world. And uh, like the previous interviewee who has a 270-year family legacy, I see that Walter uh, Freda has over 100 years of the Jonker family owning the Walter Freda wine estate. Yes, this year is actually all oh, October, so it's uh, 110 years this month. My goodness, that's uh, more than a lifetime stain. And I see that you've been there for 14 years and you look after the complete 360 sales and marketing function at Valtefrieda. And um, it must be quite interesting because people generally think, oh, let's go to Stellenbosch for wine. But you're located in the Breda River Valley, um, in the Robertson Wine Valley, which is, I mean, we know Robertson because of the, the Wacky Wine Weekend and the festivals, etc. But it's quite a thing to keep a sustainable, continued audience coming to you because it's, you know, you're just not just a, a 30 minute drive from Cape Town, for instance. So I'm sure that there's a lot that goes into making sure that people come out to you and that probably falls in your portfolio, Stain. What would you say are some of the things that you do to encourage um, audiences to your wine estate? Yes, absolutely, Janet. Uh, um, it, it, is a, it is difficult to pull people out. So the, the one thing that we had to decide for ourselves is not only are we Two hours drive from the from Cape Town, but we're also sort of on the end of the Robertson Valley if you're coming from Cape Town side, as opposed to from the Garden Road side where we're first. So we had to decide to really become a destination. So there was no other way than to opening up a, a restaurant 
having two tasting rooms and, and presenting a couple of different activities to keep people um, spending time with us and enjoying the views that we know and love. Um, but the, the second thing is also in tourism, I find that if you, if you sell wine and you market wine, you can go internationally, you go, can go and travel and you can be kind of a lone ranger. So Stan, if we can just um, rewind, we were talking about uh, how do we make audience attendance at the wine estate sustainable and ongoing. And because you're not a 30 minute drive, we said, what are some of the challenges and what are some of the ways in which you encourage audiences? Yes. Thanks, Janet. Um, so there's two things. Number one is that we couldn't just present another kind of tasting. We had to really become a destination. And that entails having a couple of different experiences for people, um, a, a beautiful garden that extends over, extends your eye over the rest of the, the valley and the vines. Um, and we really needed to, to have something to keep people there for quite a long time, to, to feel like you want to spend time on the estate, not just taste and, and get in your car and, and drive off again. But the second thing that's also very important is that in selling wine, like I've done into the market, you can be sort of a lone ranger. You can build your own brand. You can go into different countries and you can try to, to build a strong brand. But when it comes to tourism, you have to work together. You have to work together with the people in the area with the guest houses, accommodation, with uh, with other wineries. And that's really what I love about the tourism side is that we have to work together to, to offer enough for someone to drive from Cape Town and to come and spend the weekend in the, in the Robertson Valley. Absolutely. When you're part of tourism, you're part of an ecosystem where things sort of meld into each other, Stan. And it's quite a delicate balance because there are so many variables in the whole process. Um, I think that uh, the wine industry has taken such a beating during COVID that it's wonderful to be able to have awards like that, that bring value and profile the estate to a point where there's global recognition, which this award is. And I'm sure that there will be lots of press and social media around this, and that's going to create value and visibility for the estate as well. Absolutely. And uh, we, we thank Westro and Great Wine Capitals for taking this initiative and showcasing the, the different estates so that we can benefit from the publicity. And, you know, tourism-wise, in the wine industry of South Africa, we have so much. If you, if you look at the offerings in other countries, we are really one of the top tourism, in terms of wine, tourism destinations. And, uh, and we need to show that to the world. Fantastic. Um, Stain, I'd love to hear a little bit about the um, the estate. You know, I didn't make the award ceremony um, and I would have loved to have been there. And then I said to the organizers, I said, well, as soon as my, my meeting is done, I'll head out. And then I went onto Google Maps and I realized it's a two and a half hour drive. <laughs> and it's not something you do at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. You need to plan and head out early. So it's definitely one of the things on my jet-setting bucket list to head out there. Um, what can I hope to experience when I come to the estate? Oh, I'll take you on a, on a quick virtual tour. So you're going to um, get out of the car and you're going to immediately experience a slower life than I believe what you're used to. 
Um, walking out into the garden, you'll be walking underneath arches, uh, steel arches. As you move towards the tasting room, you'll see these arches repeated in the doorway of the tasting room. And also, if you go into the underground cellars, you'll see this arch. And this arch is, um, for us, architecturally an inspiration to keep innovating. It's a, it's kind of a, a egg shape. So it represents new birth because it's a old wine estate, because it's been owned, owned by the family for, for many years. We can't stagnate. We have to keep, keep reinventing, keep innovating. And that's what that symbolizes. Just outside the tasting room, there's also uh, 20 different vines. And these vines were planted in 1926. Um, on a different part of the estate. And at the age of 93 years old, they were transplanted to guard the entrance of the tasting room. These are muscadel vines, and they are now being formed and shaped every winter by the custodian of the estate. Uh, at the moment, that's Philip Yonker. And he gets a chance to prune them and to shape them into a living monument, a kind of a statue or whatever he sees in it to grow into um, something that looks like what he's envisioning. And um, it takes time to prune it year after year to be able to to get that shape. And then going into the, the tasting room, you can have a sit-down tasting inside the tasting room or in the garden. And then you have a, a choice of three activities. You can do an underground tour called Captivated by Chardonnay, where we talk about uh, geology, soil type, we talk about wine philosophy, we talk about history, not just Belterpede history, but the history of wine in the world, how it came to the Cape, how the young family got grafted into the wine industry, and how we came to be at this place where we are today. And the second underground tour is called Captivated by Cup Classic, where you we explain the process of Cup Classic, and we, we show you the 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 um, quotes of famous people that enjoyed this product, Cup Classic or Champagne, over years and what they think about it. The second tour is, is quite lighthearted and, and very different to the first one, which is very intimate and, uh, and a lot of information. And then the third activity is that you can create your own Cup Classic. So we have it at a point where it's frozen on the neck. and You'll need to understand the process to know where that is, but it's basically finishing the product. So you can degorge, dosage, you can wash the bottle, put in the cork, put in the on the musele or the wire root, and um, foil and write a personal message on the back. Either wait for it for a while or give it as a gift, obviously, afterwards. And then there's also a second tasting room called Cape Wine Crafters on the estate. And then there's the fine dining restaurant, Kapokos. Wow, Stain. I really am blown away. It sounds phenomenal. And listening to how those vines are crafted, I can understand how Valtafreda won in the architecture and landscape category. And I think that, uh, you know, it's quite a, an interesting area because there is so much stately, solid, developed architecture in the wine industry. You know, you walk into a wine estate and you just gobsmacked. It's either a heritage building or it's really fresh and new and innovative, but to be able to hear about how the vines are shaped and how uh, you almost create a, your team almost creates a sculpture out of everything is really wonderful for me because it, it talks to the innovation that is present on the estate. Yes, we, we definitely 
decided to be true to to what their state was before the renovations. Um, we used the rock that's from the from the valley, the lake clip, to do some of the walls. We used the old barrel cellar as our new um, as our new tasting room. So the the combination of old and new really worked very well. And yeah, I think that's uh, that's part of why it, why it looks so good at the moment is because we didn't go too far from from what we were. I think when you maintain the authenticity and it it talks to the environment is when it's most successful. Absolutely. Stan, it's been really interesting chatting to you. I'm just sad that I didn't get to come to the awards, but uh, certainly a bucket list item for me because it just gives me an excuse to now come to the Robertson Wine Valley and to meet this uh, long-standing family and certainly to chat to you because listening to you talk about the various vintages, I think maybe I need a fast-track wine appreciation course. So maybe I'll come for maybe two or three days and then you can do the course and show me around and then I can come away as a mini expert uh, on all things wine, Stan. Absolutely, Janet. All you have to do is get in your car and get out to us. We'll, We'll take care of the rest. I'm kidding you, Stan. It's really been wonderful to chat to you. Congratulations again on your prestigious award. It's wonderful to be able to stand head and shoulders with other countries in the world. And we're competing with Bordeaux, with Napa Valley, uh, you know, to be in that prestigious um, upper echelon of all things wine is really quite an accolade. So congratulations again. I will visit you for the day sometime soon. And I wish you and the team all the best as you get ready for season ahead. Thank you, Janet. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. It's a big pleasure. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. For those of us who have been to Creation Wine, it comes as no surprise that Creation has recently won the Art and Culture Award of the Great Wine Capitals. Carolyn Martin has a long legacy in the wine space and has been known and lauded as an innovator. I think a visit to creation is a totally immersive experience. Everything from the terroir to the to the art, to the crockery and cutlery is truly an experience. And then of course, to top it all off is the wine. Good afternoon and welcome to Jet Setting with Janet, Carolyn. Hello, Janet. Good afternoon. Lovely to be here with you. It's a great honor for us to have you. I was so excited about chatting to you and uh, being able to hear all about what it is that puts you head and shoulders above the other entrants that entered in the wine um, art and culture category for the great wine capitals. What do you think made the difference? Well, I think um, when you arrive at creation, nature's art is the first impression. And, um, you know, this inspirational background creates an ideal canvas for a variety of wonderful artistic expressions and genres. And I think that the thing that is really inspiring is not only the beauty of nature, but also how we've um, embraced, you know, um, the community. And I think one of the things that we've done is we've created um, a wonderful exhibition uh, with Kathy Robbins called Return. And it is also about social art. That must be quite interesting. The collaborations you've done over a period of time, Carolyn, and we see that, you know, from the plates that we are served in, etc. But this is a this is a um, 
an exhibition that will change with time. Is that correct? Yes. So every year we work with a different artist and, you know, we've been supporting arts and local artists since our inception. And at the official opening of our winery, we actually had an art, an art exhibition as well. Um, the current art exhibition with Kathy is called Return, and it showcases, um, you know, how we return to nature. That is the whole idea of the exhibition. And then it is linked to our menu as well. So we've created a menu around this as well. Um, and for us, I think visual and performance art have been a very integral part of my life growing up in a very creative family. Um, I studied at Michaela School of Fine Art. So that gives you an idea of sort of where my inspiration comes from. And I kind of regard myself almost as the creative director at creation. I love that title. And I love to see that, um, yes, you continue to keep the creative side going, the, you know, the product development and the innovation. Because, you know, once you're in that creative space, I don't think one truly navigates. One continues to find new ways to do what we love. And you've certainly done that at Creation. Yeah, I've always been inspired by um, art and artists' lives. And I'm particularly fascinated by um, how people are touched by art and how art takes us from mere survival into an elevated state of appreciation and wonder. And then, you know, how that again connects with nature. And I feel that part of what we do is also you know, the art of winemaking is something um, which we need to appreciate too. You know, all the um, effort and the tears and the joy and love that goes into tender, tending those vineyards and then actually turning that into a beautiful product, um, which is a sign of the times because wine gets made once a year and, you know, it gets brought to the table and, it's part of our culture, if you like. And so it's so important that we understand the art of winemaking and what it means in terms of our culture. Now, Carolyn, we were chatting with another winner earlier who um, at Fauchelirchen had planted rows and rows of sunflowers. And I was saying that it felt like a revival, like a, like a splash of sunshine in very difficult times to be able to be amongst the sunflowers and see nature at its best, hear the bees, see all of this activity. And one gets a similar sense at creation because when you arrive and you look out, you're surrounded by this amazing geography and then you enter the space and there's all of this. It's like being part of a, an elaborate choreography of events that happen. And from the moment you have your starter and the accompanying wines, obviously there's a lot of thought capital that went into that. And this is where you say you consider yourself the creative director. These are all the things that you bring to the table, correct? Yeah, I think, you know, there's nothing quite like venturing to the place where the wine is grown to discover the terroir. You know, it, that seems such an elusive thing until you feel the beautiful breeze from the Atlantic on your skin. Um, and you see those magnificent clouds climbing the Babylon Turin's mountains. Um, it's also about, you know, including all the people that, um, as I said, um, you know, um, look after the vineyards and um, make the wine. It's about the team in the kitchen that source the local products 
It's about the ethos of fine wine. It's about culture and provenance. And I think that is what we really love to share with all of our guests at Visit Creation. Now, Carolyn, you've won the Great Wine Capitals Award, not once, but four times in various categories. Um, you're also the global winner of this prestigious award. This must have had huge impact on the estate. <clears throat> How have you seen the benefit of this award impact on creation as a wine estate? I think it's had a huge impact, you know, um, for the team, but also in terms of the local economy. So what is so beautiful, of course, is that, you know, our region has the UNESCO listing for gastronomy in 2019. And it's about this pristine environment that we have and all of our wonderful local producers. And so what we are doing is combining local ingredients um, and bringing that to our tables um, for people to enjoy and explore and discover. And, um, you know, that has an impact on um our team, as I said, and also on our local economy. So I think, you know, it's just such a positive thing. I also believe that, um, you know, it goes beyond that, you know, in terms of um, the education project, for example, the Pebbles education project. So much of the funding for the Pebbles education project is from our tasting room. And, you know, there are 116 children in the Himalayan Arda that benefit from that. Um, and the funding really takes care of nutrition, transport, education, and, you know, many other aspects of their lives, which is so significant. So it's very exciting to be part of a greater community and actually to also be, you know, inspiring the leaders of tomorrow. Well, Carolyn, when I look at the engagement with local artists, the contributions, to the Pebbles Project and, and the fact that you're a founder, uh, founding member of the Pebbles Project, I think there's such a tremendous commitment from you as a human. That must take a lot of energy, but you seem to do that so elegantly and so efficiently. It's just part of who you are. And I think that's very special. I wish we had lots more people like this in the world. Um, you're not just a winemaker, you're not just a restaurant, but you actually such an integral part of the fabric of the community there. What inspires you? I think, you know, we just really enjoy, um, we, we, we live in a very blessed um, place in the world, um, in a very beautiful environment, one of the most biodiverse wine regions in the world. And we have this opportunity to create world-class wines, to have the most wonderful creative cuisine, and, you know, the magnificent scenery and, and all of these elements really indulge the senses and inspire the soul of the visitors that visit us. And we love to listen to our clients. And often they are an inspiration and an innovation to us, the guests that come to our tasting room. And so for us, um, it's a full circle. Well, Carolyn, it's been an absolute delight to chat to you. Before you say goodbye to our listeners and... I think a lot of them would be inspired and encouraged to visit creation. Please leave us with some thoughts. You're a trailblazer in the wine space. You seem to have this amazing energy to bring communities together. As a woman in this space, please tell us something truly inspirational that we can take away today. 
Well, I feel that, you know, we have such an opportunity um, to just breathe again after this tough time that we've been through. And I think, um, you know, people just want to relax. They want to enjoy themselves and they want to breathe. We've been told to do everything except that in the last three years. And um, I think, you know, people have struggled with um, many um, things, you know, and I think one of the things that we are very um, con um, concerned about and we want to nurture is wine and wellness. And we do this from our team through to our guests. And so that is the inspiration but behind our menus, which are um, healthy menus and um, anti-inflammatory menus. And we don't just look at the nutritional aspect of what we're doing, but also um, the mental well-being of our team and um, think about how we can actually create a sense of well-being amongst our guests. And to do that, we work with doctors and naturopaths, psychiatrists, um, and it's just such a wonderful learning experience for me as a person and for us as a team and to be able to share the good things in life with the people that come to visit us. Well, Carolyn, we certainly see that a lot of thought capital goes into all things creation. And I thank you for sharing that with us because it is not just, it doesn't just happen. In order for something to be successful, there's a lot of work that happens on the back end. And I can certainly see that. And the, the amount of effort and thought capital that goes into it is truly inspiring because you can actually create centers of excellence if you just invest the time, create the right context, do the right consultation to bring all of those energies together. And you certainly seem to have done that to a T. <clears throat> Carolyn, it's been most inspiring chatting to you. I wish you all the best for the season ahead and always an inspiration to visit at Creation. And congratulations once again on this yet another award in yet another category, which is Truly, to be able to have won four times says something truly significant about creation. So thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. And um, we hope everyone has a chance to come and visit. We just can't wait to see everybody and regroup. Thank you so much, Carolyn. I must apologize. I'm so struggling with my throat right now. I don't know what's happening. Shame. I know. Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird. I think you've been, you've been over-talking. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not that. I've had a little bit of a, you know, a, a flu, and then mm. it was my throat, and I'm taking all kinds of nice natural stuff, which I think you would approve of, and drinking lots of warm water. But I have been talking for a while now, so that's probably it, because I had quite a marathon of all the winners here. I but lovely, imagine. lovely to, to um, chat to you, Carolyn, and all the best to you and the family there at Creation. It's been truly inspirational. Thank and you, Janet. To inspire those around you and, and create thought leadership in that community. Oh, I appreciate it. Yes, it's exciting to see the development of my team. I'm so proud of them. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Carolyn. All the best. Bye. Bye. We're chatting this afternoon with Andre Morgenthal. Andre is working very closely with the Great Wine Capitals in South Africa. And uh, Andre has quite an interesting history. He studied philosophy and drama. They say the greatest winemakers do need a bit of philosophy and drama to, to do what they do well. Um, Andre, is this true?
Well, um, it does help, you know, to talk. I think um, wine is theatre, and so is wine tourism. So if you don't have stories to tell, then a, a wine is just another wine. I agree 100%, Andre. But this is just uh, this has just been a phenomenal experience, the great wine capitals, and uh, to be able to stand head and shoulders with Napa Valley and Bordeaux and Mendoza is really just placing our estates right up there so that they pop out to potential visitors, they position themselves well. But there's a lot of benefits to this award, Andre, and perhaps you can tell us what that is. Yeah, I think, as you say, to, to rub shoulders with the best in the world is, is very important. And to put um, the, the Cape Winelands up on a stage with um, the best that the wine tourism world has to offer um, means a lot for our winners. Uh, and, and I'm sure our winners will talk about what it means to them um, to be awarded. I think it's um, the acknowledgement is very important, and um, it's not only about you know uh, doing something for yourself and your community, but also meaning something for for your, your your the category and for your country. So there are various categories that uh, people could have entered in, Andre. Will you just run us through just the bird's eye view of what that is? Yeah. Um, so, in terms of all the categories for um, the best of wine tourism is accommodation, um, and then uh, wine tourism and tourism services, um, restaurants, sustainable wine practices, architecture, landscape, art and culture, and innovation in wine tourism experiences. And then there's um, the Ambassador Award winners, which is the Wine Tourism Diversity Award, and then the Authentic South African Experience, and then the World Wildlife Fund Conservation Pioneer Award. That's pretty interesting. So it covers quite a wide scope. And uh, how many entrants did you have this year, Andre? It was a record entry, I think, of 119, I think, but it was well over 100, which is more than we've ever had since the inception of the of the Best of One Tourism Awards. So that's very encouraging to, to see that um, you know, people see the value of entering Best of One Tourism Awards. That's pretty phenomenal because it means that the awards are getting more recognition. It's more widely expected, uh, accepted in the in the wine community, and obviously something quite coveted to be awarded. Yes, definitely. So, Andre, we are going to be chatting to some of the winners. And uh, it's great to have had you with us. It's uh, wonderful to see the participation and how it's gaining traction in the industry. We have chatted to quite a few others in the, who were involved in the event. And uh, we've got a lot of gaps filled on what the event has meant for everybody, what the awards has meant for everybody. So thank you so much for joining us this morning, Andre. Thank you, Janet. One of the Ambassador Awards is the World Wildlife Conservation Pioneer Award, and winning this year is Tanagra Wine Estate. Joining us from Tanagra is Robert Rosenbach, who has taken over Tanagra in McGregor in 2009, together with his wife, Annette, when they relocated from Germany. It has always been a long-held dream of theirs to come and live on a farm and share this with others. Robert, it's very interesting to chat to you this morning. Thanks for the invitation. It's good to meet with you in that way. 
It's a pleasure. So quite a journey from Germany and then scooping the conservation award is quite a feather in the cap for Tanagra. Please do tell us a little bit about the estate and what the award actually means to you as an estate and as a family, because I see that Annette, your wife, also works closely with you. Yes, yeah, a pleasure. So actually, it's uh, Tanagra is a small wine farm here in the McGregor Valley, close to Robertson. Um, actually, uh, it's only about uh, 76 hectares in size, which is for that region quite a small one by size. Um, and as from the beginning for us, it was very important to work together with nature and not against nature. Um, so we on our farm, we obviously we making some growing grapes, we making wine, we got our own little distillery where we making some really lovely spirits. And last but not least, also we got six uh, guest cottages for accommodation that we're renting out on a self-catering basis. And well, that kind of combination works very well. And now in the meantime, for a few years now, we are a member of the WWF as a so-called conservation champion. And well, finally this year now, uh, we got that award as the uh, pioneer uh, award in that way, which obviously makes us very honored and proud, um, particularly looking that we are one of the smallest uh, participants, I would say, with, with the WWF. So it's not only a question of size, it's, it's maybe for what you do with nature in that way. Certainly is a feather in the cap for McGregor so that it can now be known for a lot more than just the wonderful poetry festival and the great getaways and retreats that are in your beautiful part of the world. Uh, congratulations again, Robert. It's been great chatting to you. Thanks very much for that. Every year we watch the, the Authentic South African Experience Award with great interest because it is that award that is so demonstrative of all things South African. It's sort of, uh, for me, certainly as somebody who's who's watching the awards, uh, the poster child for all things South African and winning in that category this year is Clay Kuderist, which has recently been bought over. Um, and joining us this morning is front of house manager Zenith van, van Veek. Good morning and welcome, Zenith. Morning, Janet. Thank you for having us. It's a big pleasure, Zenith. Uh, I mean, great South African experience, truly authentic. What does this award mean to you and the estate? It means a lot. So Klein Goederist came about in 1905. Um, Mr. Paul Sigurka bought the farm in 2019 and his winemaking journey began then. So he believes that for it to be authentic, it must stem from the heart. And we are so, we're so honored and blessed to be recognized for our hard work. We are the new kids on the block. So it's amazing to um, have been given this accolade. And very early in, your, in the acquisition and the change of ownership of Klein Huderist, it's quite a feather in the cap. Yes, it is indeed. Um, so, tell us a little bit about your estate, Zenith. You located in okay. the Franchuk Valley, and uh, yes. you know, Paul is the son of a for former Cape farm laborer, and he's created this wonderful label in honor of his mum. Tell us that beautiful story, Zenith. 
Yes, it is quite an amazing story. Ten Goederes um, is the first 100% black-owned operating wine farm in the Franjuk Valley. So the farm was bought in 2019 by Paul. His mother was indeed a farm laborer, a Cape farm laborer for 37 years. And Paul actually grew up on a neighboring farm. Um, so one of our neighboring farms. And yeah, he it was a lifelong dream of his to to own a farm. So it is a passion project for him. And if you visit the farm, you can definitely, you can feel it in the air. Once you pass the Southern Ground Hornbill at the gate, it is just, you have to experience it. Well, Zenith, that's uh, very interesting to know. I think that to have a jewel like this in the front of Crown must be quite amazing. What is it for you working on Klein Hoderist as front of house manager? And, and, you know, what will it mean for the estate as the award um, allocation becomes more and more known? Hmm. For me, it hits home because I come from three generations of farm laborers. Um, and at Glen Hooders, we stay through, we pay respect to the land that Paul bought. Um, for example, in our 1905 building, we have a, that's, which is our tasting center. We acknowledge the, the dope room as it used to be used as the dope room back in the day. So if you come for a wine tasting, you will experience, you will take a trip back 117 years in time. The restaurant, which is also authentic South African experience, we do a buffet style lunch. So it's a lamb on the spit. It is elevated South African cuisine. We have staples like malfa pudding and curried pickled fish on the menu. So I think being recognized by base of wine and tourism and receiving this authentic South African experience accolade is just, will put our name out there because we are indeed authentically South African and proud at that. I'm very happy to hear this, Zenith. I think it will make a huge difference to every single award winner. And I'm sure you'll display your plaque with great pride. It's been most yes, interesting indeed. chat with you, Zenith. And I'm sure that our listeners are now very curious about Klein Hooderist and are going to want to come and seek you out and experience this buffet and taste this wine, which is an authentic South African experience. Thank you so much, Janet. We look forward to welcoming the world. Congratulations again, Zenith, and all the best. Thank you. Thank you. This weekly travel program, Jet Sitting with Janet, is proudly sponsored by MLT Car Hire and Tours. Are you looking for a highly professional, established vehicle rental service? Look no further. MLT Car Hire and Tours delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to mltcarhireandtours.co.za for their full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook.